Hey everyone, it's CG Hawk from the Bullhawk Sports Show, joined by DJ Benny the Bull, and we're going to do a interesting segment for the first, maybe annual. This could happen again. Who knows? But first ever NBA 2K Players Tournament. So 16 NBA players will be playing 2K on the Xbox One on Friday night, starting Friday night at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, ESPN2. And I believe that DJ Benny the Bull said they can choose from a number of pre-selected teams. That's correct, right? Yep, that's correct. Hey guys, it's DJ Benny the Bull. And this is part of episode 13. Yes. So we are... uh, Yeah, so this news broke um, a few days ago on March 31st at 5 local time, p.m. that is, that we... ESPN broke the news first that NBA players will go head-to-head in the first NBA 2K Players Tournament. Yeah, I'm really excited about this because a lot of people are really into like esports gaming community. So it's kind of a fun seg- segue between sports and video games. Yeah, and this will be airing on ESPN and ESPN two yeah. is premiering as we re- record this tomorrow night at six p.m. Central 6 PM time. Local time. And and also, this is the, for charity as, as well. Yep. So uh, this uh, 2K Plays tournament is uh, on the video game NBA 2K20 gameplay tournament between 16 of the current NBA players. Since the season is not uh, intact right now, this is the best alternative. And, uh, uh, you know, the games will be played on ESPN main channel as well as ESPN2. And the top seeders within this tournament will be Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets and Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. And this will be first round will be single elimination uh, and first and second rounds and then player only on Xbox One. And the winner will be crowned the ultimate NBA 2K20 champion and select a charity beneficiary to receive 100K to donation from 2K, the NBA, and MBPA in support of the ongoing COVID-19 relief efforts. Correct. Yep, and during these uncertain times, uh, this is certainly something that will take everyone's mind of like cancellations and in sports and everything. And again, we like to remind everyone that not every sport is canceled. Uh, just, you know, the major organizations such as NBA are. So this is a good place holder. <clears throat> and a quote from the EVP of licensing for Think 450, the commercial arm of the MBPA. This tournament offers a unique opportunity for our players to compete with one another while also supporting their philanthropic efforts and engaging with their fans. 
We're excited to work with 2K and the NBA to bring this experience to life for the entire NBA community. And some guidelines on this tournament is based on players' seeding, which is termed first by their NBA 2K rating. And That's second, right. by tenure, players will go head-to-head online. So practicing distancing in NBA 2K20. Prior to the tournament beginning, every player will choose eight of today's NBA teams, each of which can only be used once. So that means that they don't necessarily have to use themselves uh, to play. And if a mirror match is set, the away team is awarded first choice of team. So mirror match meaning that if the same team is chosen uh, by uh, their adversary, they'll have to choose a different one. Rounds one and two, again, will be single elimination with the semis and finals running best of three. And then, CJ, you want to run down the player seating? Sure. And then do you want to do first round predictions after that? Yes, of course. Okay. For the round one on, I guess we can just say east and west brackets because they don't say, but why not do that? Well, oh, no, no, you're going to say seating. Yeah. What's my seating? But it is, there's a left and right side, so. Oh, no, no, no. Here's, I got I got it right here. I got this. So player seating number one. Oh, our, Durant, whatever. Of the Nets, his rating is ninety six. Number two, Trey Young of the Hawks, with a rating of ninety. Number three, Hassan Whiteside of the Trailblazers at eighty seven. Number four, Donovan Mitchell of the Jazz with eighty seven. Number five, Devin Booker of the Suns, 86. Number six, Andre Drummond of the Cavaliers, 85. Number seven, Zach Levine of the Bulls, with 85. Number eight, Montrezl Harrell of the Clippers, 85. Number nine, DeMontis Sabonis of the Pacers, at 85. Number 10, DeAndre Ayton of the Suns, at 85. Number 11, DeMarcus Cousins, at 81. Number 12, Michael Porter Jr. of the Nuggets at 81. Number 13, Rui Hachimura of the Wizards with 79. Number 14, Patrick Beverly of the Clippers at 78. Here. And number 15, Harrison Barnes of the Kings at 78. And finally, number 16, Derek Jones Jr. of the Heat at number 78. Coverage will begin tomorrow at... 6 p.m. local time on ESPN with a matchup between Jones Jr., number 16 seed, and the number one seed, Durant, tipping off at 6.30. Jones Jr. and Durant will each play as one of their three selected teams. Jones Jr. choosing from the Celtics, Nets, Mavericks, Clippers, Lakers, Heat, Bucks, 76ers, and Durant choosing from the Nets. Old Mavericks, Warriors, Rockets, Clippers, Thunder, and Jazz. Additional matchups will be airing through April 12th. Every tournament game will debut on either ESPN or ESPN2, while also streaming on the ESPN app and running on NBA.com, their app, as well as 2K and NBA social channels, including Twitter 
at NBA 2K or at NBA, which of the same names, YouTube of the same names, and Facebook of the same names. Tune in information, game time and game highlights, and be discussed with by using the hashtag NBA 2K Tourney to join the conversation. Interesting insight on the rankings and why they chose to rate them as such. Correct. Do you want to do the predictions now? You, you, you want to go first and I'll go second? Sure. So, round one, we'll kick off again tomorrow, uh, Friday night. So, on the left side, we have... Durant versus Jones Jr. once again. I put Durant to go over. <laughs> Next, Caro versus Sabonis. I pick Sabonis to go over. Booker versus Porter Jr. I pick Booker to go over. Mitchell and Hachimura. I pick Mitchell to go over. And moving on to the right side. Young versus Barnes. I pick Young to go over. Our very own Levine versus Aiden. My pick is Levine to go over. Drummond versus Cousins. Drummond to go over. And lastly, Whiteside versus Beverly. Beverly to go over. Okay, I guess I'll make my predictions now. And keep, unless it's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> and keep keep in mind that keep in mind that this is based on, to the fans based on this is based on NBA video game ranking and stuff. So, uh, Kevin Durant, let for example, let's say in real life he's way better than Derek Jones Jr., but in video games. You, there's no way to know. So we're just making our guesses, predictions for fun. So on the left side for me, I have Derek Jones Jr., the dunk champion, upsetting Kevin Durant. Then I have Sabonis beating Harrell. I have Booker beating Michael Porter Jr. I have Donovan Mitchell beating Rui Hachimura. And then on the right side, I have Trey Young beating Harrison Barnes, Zach Levine beating DeAndre Ayton, uh, Andre Dummond tucking DeMarcus Cousins into bed, and then I have Pat Beverly upsetting Whiteside. Ah, and that does it for our NBA 2K Players Tournament prediction. And, by the way, NBA 2K20 is rated E for everyone with mild language. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so this is very uh, intriguing and uh, the first of its kind. I've seen NBA 2K tournaments on ABC before. And, uh, you know, this is not as much of the same. It was more <laughs> for, like... Fun, fun, you know, like something totally, uh, like it's almost as if this is a placeholder, you know, for 
the games that are supposed to go on and play are supposed to be going on this new month as we record this. So um, I'm excited for this. Um, and many times it's, you know, we talk about on the court, it's about each individual abilities. Well, it's going to be the same deal, except that it's time for these NBA players to showcase their video gaming abilities. So it's going to come down to who is better on that controller on the Xbox One. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this tournament? Uh, I mean, I'm excited to definitely see how it shakes up, how it, it goes. And we'll definitely, I mean, it's nice to have an activity that's different than usual. I mean, obviously I'd like to watch a basketball game for like real, but this isn't the worst idea to do instead. Correct. And naturally, I believe it's a good point to get back on a certain team that we love to cover though it's been too too long. And I was I myself was watching the series Run With Us as Facebook Watch with Chronicles Facebook page was going live and episodes one through four were featured on this one and I watched uh, about three quarters of it. And I gotta say, it was very intriguing. And uh, so the description says that it's uh, live all access with the rules and go behind the scenes with our team, starting with drafting Kobe White on our show. Hashtag run with us. And that's what the basis was, you know, from uh, start to up to the point where I stopped is um, they're showcasing. Uh, the team overall, and um, Coach Boylan giving his take on different things. And, I mean, many of the players, they would say that Coach Boylan is almost like a father figure, you know, like they're like kind of in, you know, they stopped. He stopped like for them when, like for Levine, for example, when he went on vacation, he um, uh, checked in with him and actually stopped at his destination to, you know, and then Cornette being um, where he was vacation, he was uh, Boylan was shown like jumping into the water and they were swimming. They mentioned how Boylan is a good swimmer at least, um, and you know different uh, aspects of like being uh, the coach shows him like you know wanted to teach him uh, different like values and uh, you know doing their best to be different and working with what they have while also showcasing about, uh, you know, of the veterans that were brought in, such as Sadoransky and Young. And that was very uh, um, eye-opening, you know, like um, how much they love having, you know, the, the young team just love having uh, them and uh, how this, the team as a whole just got really close and um, multiple players mentioned it's a brotherhood here on uh, in Chicago and uh, <clears throat> you know 
definitely cool to see like the uh you know they also uh along with white uh they talked about uh other rookies that were drafted such as uh danny gefford and uh makoka again i mentioned you know our, our boy makoka yeah i believe they they're playing like scrimmage and whatnot so that's the part that i'm on Yeah, glad you've been enjoying that so far. Right. And let's see. Well, first it started off with them, like, Otto Porter Jr. He was heading out from the Advocate training facility, Mm -hmm. which is across the street uh, from the UC, from home court, so... That was cool to uh, see someone like we just happened to be walking down Madison Street that you possibly run into one of them and really putting a little spotlight on, you know, everyone else that doesn't get covered, like assistant coaches and uh, the ones that help like condition them. And uh, one thing that stood out that Boylan did say was that they, the goal is, for the Bulls is he wants to coach them to be the most well-conditioned team in the entire league. That is saying something. And <laughs> Wendell Carter Jr. was was filmed at times. Um, who was noticeably missing was Denzel Valentine. You know, here and there. You know, this is I believe it took place like during the summer as the summer league and training was was going on and uh this shows how uh gafford and and white were drafted and how they got into they showed them um going on a uh architectural uh boat tour you know i believe that was a surprise to like you know possibly surprise to like fans and whatnot because they were they were uh shown like posing for photos and whatnot um there's actually a GIF that I usually use at times and shows like Gafford and White running down a, um, I guess it's their training, like outdoors facility. And uh, yep, that moment was shown on here. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's showing like uh, Danny Gafford moving to this place, his place in Chicago and uh, holding up his niece and you know i guess living uh with his sister boylan being shown in at his house you know saying like that's the type of um like that's the type of um, i see it's a uh job that you, you get into you know no one says it'll be glamorous and so he's shown um at like six 19 a.m. like making coffee and he says his usual routine like likes to look at tapes and watching like footage of uh, whether uh, you won or lost you know like to always improve for the team so it's definitely a, a huge responsibility for uh, for Mr. Triple B as we called him. <laughs> Uh, Shaq Harrison was, was showcased with 
Um, and Levine, you know, had a slightly different look. Uh, as now, we've seen him more, with more facial, facial hair and all that, right? <laughs> um, he was shown at some parts. Uh, there was a, uh, uh, it's like a conference they did, a meeting they did, um, where Boylan is shown, like, drawing up, like, uh, different skills that they should be, um, learning and, uh, having a little fun at the same time. Uh, let's see. Yeah, marketing was shown, it was just, see, it wasn't really talking. Um, and then, um, you know, right after the drafts occurred, they showed, um, again, with uh, Sadoransky being excited and Thaddeus Young being excited to be brought in and to be the lead, you know, this trusted um, to be good, good leaders for them, you know, the veterans for this team, as, as we know with the NBA. So, um, you know, they mentioned the different places he came out of which was um, really insightful and the way that they, you know, said right now that they like to um, not forget that one of the things to do is to run. So they like to do like drills, you know, like, you know, just conditioning to be able to play for long. So, which is why, I mean, that's uh, Kobe's forte, right? Like he likes to be quick on that, on the field. So, um, just getting like the whole team to be able to do that, right? So to quicken up the pace, which is why like the Bulls have been able to win, you know, high pressure, such as with that um, Levine making that last second, like uh, like fly with the seat in your pants, like that type of move against uh, last November against the Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. And we just, we defeated them by a point. Yeah, I remember that. So, yeah, just amazing moments. And we're definitely going to get more of that with um, the way that Kobe White has been playing there. So, um, you know, everything else, everyone else is going to follow suit. Let's hope. And, and with, uh, you know, this downtime, we'll be able to get Luke Cornette back. Um, do you remember what? But the timetable was that he'll be sidelined. Cornette. Oh, that's possibly a, a call from uh, a fan. Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> Giving us the inside scoop. <laughs> no, uh, um, yeah, Luke Cornette. I'm looking. I remember it was a while. I'm pretty sure he was out for Luke a while, Cornette right? Only oh, hello. Um, just a moment. Let me get my husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Luke Cornette, he is going to be out. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Six to eight weeks. Yeah. Uh, February 27th. So that would be, give us a second. While we uh, find that, um, you know, mm. it was on the 27th of February that, yeah. um, you know, he was rolled out for six to eight with a. Yeah, here we go. NBC Sports Chicago. Game. Yeah. Correct. That's, six, that's the source that I'm on. Six to eight weeks. Xfinity. I don't know. He should have, she should have been back by now. Let's see. I think if the year if it was the season was going on, maybe he'd be getting ready to come back. Oh, it says if he doesn't return before April fifteenth, it's a bad end for his season. So I guess they thought he'd come back in maybe two weeks then. Yeah, 
Because it says six to eight weeks, and I guess that would be the middle of this month, six to eight weeks. Correct. That would have been a week away, and uh, that would have been April 9th. Correct. Otherwise, that would have been by April 23rd. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so. But it's funny reading these articles. are like, can Laurie Mark can even re- re- find his form? But he hasn't even played then played in a while. Right. <laughs> right. And it sounds like uh, NBC Sports was listening as I, I got a... Um, well, this morning I actually got a um, funny uh, quote update uh, called, Your dad ripped you. <laughs> Pulling your nose emoji. Thaddeus Young showed no mercy while taking on his kids in some pickup basketball. Crying profusely while laughing emoji. Did you see this one article by Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago? He said, oh. will Jim Boylan return? Will Zach Levine oh, get traded? Right. All right, I saw the headline. Yeah. Because it's one of those mailbag segments. So like the yeah, people... Sure. Let's let's dive into that. The first while, one... While, that, while you, we uh, look at that... Um, yeah. Speaking of Chicago, he's a famous... Um, Irish DJ that, uh, you know, moved here. Uh, he's been on Windy City Live. Uh, DJ K. LaTroy is on live right now. Oh. Yeah. It's been my goal to see her. She's really into fitness, too, which is my thing. So, oh, she says, oh, now she's going live with Satish Singh. I guess a fellow DJ or, or a friend. Yeah. So. Yeah, so let's the first look at that. The first I'll one that uh, that's NBC Sports. Yeah, uh, one as well. The first one was: Do you think Jim Boylan return as head coach? And basically, to sum up his answer, he was that Jim Boylan has been a perfect soldier for the Chicago Bulls ownership, so most likely he will be coming back. All right. Then could work with. Him. Let's see. Uh, let's skip that one. Do you think Zach Levine will be traded? He hasn't shown the ability to impact winning and represents the Bulls' biggest asset. He says Levine will not be traded, he believes. Mm. He says Kobe White has potential, but if you trade Levine, you're building around a 20-year-old player who's still trying to prepare himself for the NBA. And this question, no, let's see. Oh, here we go. Any chance Kirk Heinrich is a name we could hear for a front office position or beyond that, a coach? And yeah. And he says he'd be surprised if Heinrich joined because Heinrich has been very low profile since he left in 2016. He says Kirk would be a good coach if he chose that route. Ooh, and Felix Cartel is just went live with Zed. Mm. All these DJs. Uh, all right, anyway. Um, I could see Captain Kirk coaching. Um, I would love to... I, w- I would love to believe that he would um, do that. I, I say it would be a good move. Yeah. 
And the last one was about. I say there's a good chance. The last one was about D Wade. And the guy wanted to know how much money the buyout was from D Wade and the Bulls. Oh, yeah. I'd like to know too. And he says Wade received $15.5 million of his $23.7 million due that season, which he finished with the Heat after he left Cleveland. Thank you. Goodbye. That's what he said. So that was the article yeah. by Casey Johnson on yesterday. Yeah. So I want to get back a little bit on the hybrid situation. Sure. With, uh, I, I, oh, that was an Australian uh, citizen that, that said that. Yeah. Mr. Matt A. I always list Australia when a questioner does because I'm always amazed at how many <laughs> Bulls fans live down under. Well, basketball is really big in Australia. Like, more details into that. That he stayed busy raising his family and working at the Sanford Power Basketball Academy in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is the same place that uh, the challenger to Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler, uh, is from. He also did some pre-draft work with Bucks guard Date the Vicenzo. And then never say never in this business. Personally surprised if you come back into the fray. Oh yeah, and then you mentioned his father coached the high school high school basketball. I think her. Hello. Hey Julia. Hey Colin, how are you? Good. Oh I'm... no, not Colin. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I'm doing well. This at home. How about you? Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Do you want to talk about the White Sox? I mean, there's not a lot to talk about, but. Yeah, I was just going to say I haven't been reading up on them lately. No. Probably because of this whole thing. But I don't know. We do get to play this year. I'm excited to see what they have to do because a lot of people are predicting good things. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do. I think there's a lot of, I think they're really, from what I've seen, like on Twitter and stuff like that, they're really building up that bullpen, and I think that's exactly what we need. So I think that'll be, that'll be fun to see. Uh, hopefully we have some good relievers and stuff like that. Uh, hopefully Michael Kopech comes. I don't know if he will, but. I know, because. I don't know if it's. Sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, I saw that he had been put in AAA, but now I don't know because who knows when they'll play. Yeah, yeah I'm not too sure if he's going to uh, be, uh, be ready or not. They probably don't want to rush things since he already had uh, Tom John. So when that happens yeah. again, it's a career-ending yep. thing. But uh, yeah, um, hopefully there will be baseball. I don't know. Well, I saw... I Oh, I saw one. It's like you know Rick Renteria, the manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was doing a ad for like the census. Oh, okay. And he basically took a dig at the the Cubs. He was like the Northsiders count too. What did he say? 
He said like the Northshires count too. Like he said they counted as part of the census. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I'm maybe thinking like I think June is definitely not going to happen. Maybe July they'll have. I don't know because when you think about it, I know um, the cell holds like what, like thirty five thousand. Maybe that's being a little generous. Uh, um, yeah, so, guaranteed rate somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good estimate. But I don't know. Like, if you, I doubt they'd have a sold out game. But even like if you're at like fifth, like even if you like sell out like a third of the park, like let's say there's ten thousand people there, that's like even pushing it. So I don't know. I think they call it maybe Jeopardy this year. Yeah, I looked it up, and according to the guaranteed rate. What field website? If it's maximum forty thousand. Okay, forty thousand. Okay. So, so you were close. So I, I doubt they've had forty thousand in probably seven, eight years. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. Probably the last time they probably drew in a big crowd may have been like. Uh, AK Churches' last game, or maybe like Paul Canerco's last game. Somebody's last game, you know? That was probably like the last time the crowds were probably packed. Yeah. It says the most amount of people who ever attended a White Sox game was at uh, guaranteed rate was 46,000, 246 in 1993, and that was a playoff game. Oh, so not even during the 2005. Yeah, that was the ACLS game one against the Blue Jays. Oh, that's right. They just went out. That makes sense. Cool. Well, what about you? Have you been keeping up with your sports? I've been trying to, but a lot of the ones I fall are just like the White Sox on hiatus. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't been keeping. I follow. Uh, Keith Stone on. Uh, Twitter, and I think he was saying the other day how, like, uh, how, like, it's a kind of, like, a big, um, big question right now, like, MLB isn't really thinking about it. I'm not thinking, I'm not not thinking about it, but, um, probably not a big concern for them right now. Yeah. I know, because... Yeah. I saw that you had, uh, big interview the other day or you had a big follower can you tell me more about that yeah uh let's see was it two weeks ago i think it was two weeks ago two weeks ago on the bull and hawk sports show we interviewed my friend uh jack o'hara and i met him because remember when i was with the socal catch in california yeah 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 because I was the PA announcer and he was the broadcaster, so I sat right next to him. Oh, so that's, that's who we interviewed. Cool. Do you guys still keep in touch? Yeah. No. That's awesome. No, he was a great interview. Oh, great. Um, what has he been up to? Is he doing the same thing you kind of are, sports broadcasting? Yeah, he has his own show, the O Show, which he does like every week. And also, yeah, he also has worked with like, uh, for example, the Chicago White Sox, their double A team, the Charlotte Knights. Oh, yeah, that's where um, all of them are coming from. Yeah. Wasn't Mon- Moncada came from there? 
Yeah, he he interned with them last year, I think. Wow, that's really cool. Did you meet any of the White Sox players? Yeah. He met... Oh, I'm trying to remember who he met. He told me two weeks ago when we interviewed him. He's met some of the big ones. Could he interact with them? Did he get to interview some of them? Yeah, for a, f- a few minutes. And also... Uh, maybe. Oh, I lost you. Oh, I still hear you. Oh, there you are. Oh, did you say maybe you can? Yeah. Oh, cool. cool. Uh, how's the teaching going since you can't go in the classroom? Oh, good. So, yeah, it was much needed. <laughs> yeah, how about e-learning at Concordia? Is that... Uh, I mean, most of my classes, the professor has not wanted to go, like, on Zoom or anything. Mm-hmm. So just... Because, gotcha. like, for example, Dr. Salik, he has just uh, basically did an interview by himself, like a... What's it called? Lecture by himself, like in a video format, and then posted gotcha. it. Yeah. He so posted that, and he's done like the learning modules, so he can like follow along. That's cool. So you, that's actually nice that you don't have to necessarily do Zoom. Yeah. I know a lot of people have to do that, and it's time. It's like being in class, I guess. Oh no, it is like that. Cause my. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Cause my in my French class, which I'm taking for fun, it's now only on Zoom, so it's like completely different. Oh, wait, you're taking a French class for fun? Yeah. Wow, is, is this through Concordia? No, it's at a institute in Oak Park, and I found it, and it's affordable. It's only $200 per session, which is affordable. Yeah, so, that's awesome. No, it's been what fun. What you want to take French? I kind of wanted to go to, like, to Paris, but... Oh, very cool. But... That's yeah, but I'm definitely not going there anytime soon based on <laughs> it's closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Europe is a big uh, <laughs> no for right now, I guess. Yeah, no. But the class is fun because we just finished the last, the first session, what was it, last week, and now the next one starts this Saturday. Cool, that's a good, that's a good uh, hobby to pick up while yeah. you're uh, at home. Yeah. That's a good idea. Because they offer, like, a ton of different sessions, like, uh, like no, French 1, 2, and so on and so on. But That's nice that, you, like, it's not, like, connected with a community college, so you don't have to, like, worry about a grade. You're kind of just learning yeah. for fun. We're doing for fun. I mean, they're looking at the homework and stuff and making sure we're s- sounding right, but... <laughs> yeah, that's true. Have you ever heard of the app called Duolingo? Yeah. My, I know I'm gonna start using it because my my dad takes Italian and he uses it all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, that's how that's what I would use before. I actually looked at it after we came back. Not that I wanted to learn the language, I reversed. Right, 
I said it before I got there, after. Mm, gotcha. Yes, yeah, I, I took Spanish in high school, and Italian is so similar to uh, Spanish, so I was like, oh, like, the same endings and everything sort of thing. Well, for the most part. Yeah, I so took... Sp- it was a pretty easy learning. I know some Spanish, and it's French is kind of similar. It's not too different. Are there any other countries that speak French other than France? Uh... Let's see. I think... Doesn't Haiti? Yeah, I think... Let's see. There's a lot of countries that French is like one of the language. I think... Oh, uh... Probably Belgium. Oh, yeah. They probably do. that would make sense. And... Switzerland, they speak French. They they speak French in Switzerland? Mm Mm-hmm. Probably because they have a lot of French immigrants there. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, because Switzerland, the official languages are German, French, and Italian, and then, like, Romish. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. How do you feel about graduation? Uh, Is it going to happen? I mean, it will happen eventually, probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking they're just going to have us walk in December. Yeah, that would make sense. With everyone else. Yeah. It saved them time, I guess. Yeah, it does. And maybe... I was reading... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I didn't have anything. Um, I was reading that uh, ISU is doing something like a virtual graduation uh, the day of. And it's going to be like a picture slideshow. And then like they're going to have like a ceremony in August. But I'm uh, like, that's hard because like what if people are like taking jobs to take them across the country, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, who knows? No, it's too bad. But... Oh, how big it? <laughs> you have to deal with it. <laughs> Didn't your, was this your sister freshman year of college, too? Yeah, it's her freshman year at U of oh, I. Oh, man. So she, she's That's home. Yeah. But for her, it was annoying because since she goes to the U of I, she was on spring break. And then she was home, and basically then immediately she had to go back on, I think it was the 20, I don't remember. It was recently. She had to go be- collect all her stuff at her dorm. Oh, man. And they told her, like, last minute. But le- luckily she went, because the day she went, that afternoon at 2, immediately shut down. So if you came past 2, you cannot get your stuff. Oh, man. Uh, stuck in their dorm? Probably. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I would assume so. Wow, she got... And that's, like, that's not easy, too, because that's, like, a track. It's not, like, right around the corner, like, sheer off to No. No, my dad and her had to rent a, uh, tr- a car to go, because they needed a lot of room. Oh, man. That's a lot. But the good thing they jumped right on it, or else she would probably not have a lot of things she wanted. Yeah, they they rented a uh, Chevy Tahoe, so you know the big SUV. Yeah, that's smart. That's a good idea. Good thinking. Mm-hmm. But also, my dad said that was like the only one they had left. So partly thinking, partly it is luck. Yeah. <laughs> so what else have you been doing to keep busy? Are you cranking out more shows? Yeah, we we've, we've been trying to crank out more. It's kind of hard for this one. Because DJ Benny the Bull has not been able to come over since 
a few episodes ago. Yeah. So that makes sense. So a lot of the interviews have been one on one, or for example, we did one with uh, Lauren. We interviewed her last week, and that one, we did it, both of us interviewing her. So it was like a three-person call. That must have been hard. Yeah, because we had to use, like, uh, Instagram or FaceTime, one of those ones, and then, like, record it. Because if you think about it, you're, like, not only being a DJ, you're also, like, managing the show as well. So that's, like, a lot of things to do at once. Yeah. But it went well. I mean, this the volume was really good. Oh, good, good. Yeah, Lauren always comes across nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we're releasing that episode today, so you'll probably be able to listen to her interview later. Oh, cool. Awesome. Can't wait. I'll have to catch up on your episodes now that I have extra time. Yeah. Which is the last one you saw listened to? Ooh. I'm... Did you talk to... Um... Oh, okay, Alyssa? Uh, no. You didn't talk to Alyssa? Who was it? Was it Alyssa or Natalia? Oh, for for fun? I'm thinking Alyssa Evans. Yeah, we, we, we ta- I talked to them recently. Yeah, yeah, that's the last one I watched. Okay. I listened to, I should say. It's good. I, it kind of stinks now that, uh, WCCR came to an end, too. I know, that's too bad. I had stuff I wanted to do, but it ended. You were supposed to manage us, too. I know, I was already a manager. I was not able to manage yours. Uh, that's alright. Alright. We had, we had good times. We did. Hey, if it wasn't for you, Colin, we wouldn't have had a show. I guess that is true. Because you're the one who, uh, we didn't even know what radio was. <laughs> like, wait, what <laughs> I know. I think I found out about it because I saw like an ad. I was like, I should go to that. Here you go. And I went. And then. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that's where I met Natalia because she was there too. Oh, very cool. Because she um, she had a show sorry. of Nastia for like that first freshman year. She had a show. Yeah. It was on, it was the same day as mine. It was like an hour and a half. Oh, what was her show about? Uh, They talked a lot about, it was talking. I know one episode that I remember, they talked about, uh, oh, what is it? Eurovision, is that right? Or What is it called? Is that what it's called? The, like the European music competition. I thought it was, hold on. Oh, Eurovision. Yeah. Is it Eurovision? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they talked about that, I remember. Cause... Oh, well, do you remember the name of her show? Oh, man. Trivia, uh, trivia. Uh, that's a good one, because I don't... Come to think of it, I cannot remember it. I'll have to ask her. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is um, funny, though, that I was... Uh, I was watching WGN, and I was like... Morning, and I was like, "Wait, how is Pat Tomasulo still broadcasting about sports when there are no sports going on?" There's nothing. <laughs> uh, so, like, how do you, how do you, like, yeah, especially for you and DJ Benny the Bull, like, how do you find research for your like shows because there's nothing really going on? Uh, 
it's difficult. I mean, like for example, we've been trying to do a lot more interviews lately so we can get like content. Um, we look at sports articles that like come up because there's a lot of like hypothetical articles being written these days because there's nothing else to do. So, like, a lot of writers I read, they've been doing, like, hypothetical White Sox game two. White Sox win 5-4. It's, like, hypothetical nonsense. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, okay. Or, like, the San Francisco Giants, my team, they've been doing that. So, like, the last ones I saw, they're, like, Giants, one and two now after winning game Sunday. So, it's, like, nonsense, but, I mean, might as well do something. True. Might as well do something. That's, right. That's been my motto during this time. Might as well do something. <laughs> Did you see the email about doing like a play? <laughs> doing a play? Yeah, it's like a quarter email. They said you can write like a 10 page play as part of this digital contest. What? No, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about doing it. It was like for fun. I was like, why not? I mean, it could kill time. Good for you. Good for you. And I've written some play stuff before, so because when I took intro to feeder, so maybe it'll come back to me. Oh, there you go. Come back to so me. So I actually, did you get that? Um, I know we were kind of talking about it before, but did you get that email from like a random Concordia staff about like, hey, checking in, how are you doing? I think I might have got a call, but I didn't pick it up. Oh, yeah, I, didn't, I got a call and an email, and I didn't pick up the call. <laughs> and I think there's something wrong with my voicemail because the person didn't leave a voicemail either, so. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get a voicemail either. But Did you have any trips for the summer that you had planned, but you don't think you're going to be able to go now? Yeah, we had a big family trip where we were going to go to uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, cool. Because my dad wanted to see... The Rolling Stones, one more time. So yeah, we, who even knows about music? Yeah. After yeah. So we were going to go to Pittsburgh at uh, was it? I think Heinz Field to see the Rolling Stones, but that's been canceled, obviously. Oh man, that stinks. Did you buy tickets and everything too? Oh yeah. Oh, man, when was that supposed to be? Uh, in June. June. 20th? Oh, yeah. That's probably too soon. And, big crowds like that. Yeah. And also, I bought tickets to see the Pittsburgh Pirates on the Sunday we were there. So that's probably not going to happen here. Maybe. Yeah. I hope I it happens. That's just maybe. Because they were going to play the Blue Jays. It was Pirates-Blue Jays. I was really excited. Because I'd never been to Pittsburgh. Yeah, what is Pittsburgh known for? Anything? Uh... I know it's gotten a lot nicer recently because I know it used to have a bad reputation, but I heard it's really nice now. Cool. Yeah, because whenever I think of Pennsylvania, I think Philadelphia. I, I forget that Pittsburgh is another major city yeah. as well. I know they have like the three bridges, which is cool in Pittsburgh. They have the Roberto Clemente Bridge. He's the Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have... Did he ever play for the Cubs? I think he only played for... Pittsburgh, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure okay. he only played for Pittsburgh. Then there's the Andy Warhol Bridge. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure they have the Andy Warhol Museum. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so now there's more and more things about this person that I didn't know about. Yeah, and then they have another bridge. It's called like the Rachel Carson Bridge. Oh, Rachel Carson, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was like an environmentalist. Uh-huh, because they're, they're all on the Allegheny River, so it's like in a row. Cool. The bridges, Very yeah, cool. that would have been cool were you to see. Stay for like a long weekend? We were gonna stay for a couple of days, yeah. Like I think we were gonna leave like Thursday and come back like Wednesday or Tuesday or something. Mm, gotcha. But well, I know for sure the first thing we all have to do, we have to make sure we all get together once we're all allowed to. Oh, I know. Olivia. <laughs> yep. Olivia. <laughs> I know, because I was talking with like Natalia and Alyssa on Friday, and they want to do that, too. They want to get together when we can go out. Yeah. You forget how much you miss it when things like this go on. Oh, I know. Like, I went for a nice long walk yesterday, but I've not been able to do anything like that adventurous. You can still go for a walk. Oh, yeah. I went for a oh, walk. yeah, I get what yeah. you mean. I get what you mean. Like, the only... Let's see. Because a lot of the places I would always go to are closed. I mean, like, fast food still open drive through and delivery and stuff. Yeah. But. I went to Five Guys last week because I wanted a milkshake. <laughs> and they were so busy. I was like, and the guy was like, it's crazy in here. I'm like, but isn't that a good thing? I want to be, like, crazy busy. <laughs> so, yeah. It's expensive, but... Milkshake is worth it. I think the milkshake was like five dollars. What? Five dollars? Cougar done would never. No. <laughs> yeah. What about all this cougar cash I have left on my card? I know. I still have a lot left. I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do. Oh man, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I didn't think of it either. But I think it was like Karina or one of those responsible people was like, "Don't forget about the cougar cash," something like that. Yeah, that's probably the last thing they're thinking of. Yeah, right. I saw that, there were some faculty members, like Concordia, or not faculty members, one person who has COVID. I saw that, yeah. I was like, hmm. And then I was trying to figure out who it was because it said that there was like an adjunct family of faculty members as well. So I was trying to be sleuthy, but I couldn't figure it out. Because that's like the Oak Park newspaper and stuff. They're like, 20th person got coronavirus, but they don't tell anyone who already thinks so. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, how do I know to avoid them? I wonder what, because you know how we have a lot of international students on campus? Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder, like, if they were allowed to go back. Uh, if I guessed, I would say no. I don't really know. Right, but, and then where do they think? I'm assuming they got kicked out. Cordy's not letting them stay there. I mean, if they were going back to China, I don't know if they'd want to do that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, oh. Maybe they're, they're all living together and, like, a house in Mm-hmm. That's possible. Well, thanks for calling into the Bullenhawk Sports Show. I had a great time. Of course, Colin. Thanks for thanks for uh, inviting me on. I love coming on this show. We'll have to have you come on for a third time when there's actually real stuff to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
for the White Sox. Yeah, we have left to do like a summer edition or something. Yeah. All right, CJ Hawks. Okay. Talk to you later. Talk to you later, Colin. Bye-bye. That was a awesome interview with one of my best friends, Julia. This was her second time calling into the Bull and Hawk Sports Show. And we definitely had to think of different topics to talk about due to the coronavirus, canceling most sports. But we were able to talk about stuff about basically ourselves, which was very interesting. So I had a great time talking to Julia for the second time here on the podcast. Most Ben does not have a iPhone, so I had to figure out how to do it with free people. Well, thanks for joining the Bull and Hawk Sports Show. And... How are you doing in Texas? Are you in Texas still? Uh, no, I stay in Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Had, um, my dad has an autoimmune disease, so I had to stay here. I mean, I didn't have to, but I chose to stay here just to kind of work out and get out a little more and still be able to throw and stuff. Yeah. See, so. do you, do you want to talk about your time at uh, Oklahoma Baptist? Yeah. Um, well, this is my fourth year here. I'm a super redshirt junior now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I uh, I started off my first year as a redshirt. Um, second year, I had a great year. Um, really fun, ton of fun. Loved the guys, loved every part about it. Um, then I went to California um, with you, Colin, and uh, messed up my elbow there. Uh, got a bone spur, had surgery that fall, and then last year I kind of had a down year. Um, team did really well, though. I was super excited for the team. We all did uh, did well, made it further than OB has ever made it. And then now this year, we um, this year we were on track on track to to go even further, and I started off pretty pretty hot. Felt really good. Um, felt better than I had in a long time. So. Yeah, and then we got we got shut down, so that was a little tough. But other than that, I mean, I've, I've loved my experience here. I love the campus, love the people. Um, our coaches are great, so couldn't complain at all. Yeah, I was looking up your stats from this year, and which of your pitching performances this year do you think was your best one or you most enjoyed? my start against southeastern that was um, definitely one of the most fun starts i had um i went six innings and threw a shutout yep um, we, well that was actually the seven inning game so the guy that came in behind me didn't give up a run so we threw a complete game shutout combined uh, that was probably my favorite outing this year um i got pitcher of the week actually for that outing and uh, that was just, it was just a ton of fun in general. I felt like I had all my stuff that day. I felt like it was just one of those days where I was just up there just throwing invisibles. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. I also saw that your baseball field was renamed to honor your 
former Hall of Fame coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, boss. He, um, so Coach Cox was actually here for the last three years, my first three years, and then this year um, his son, actually, Chris Cox, took over CC. He's a good guy, too. Um, but, I mean, it was, it, was, it was actually really cool to be a part of, like, the changing of the guard in a sense, um, just as far as, like, just seeing Boss – like groom his son to take over and then having CC take over. And then like, it was almost like nothing changed. There was a little bit that changed, but it was like the same style, same everything. Um, really cool to be a part of boss's retirement. I still get to see him and talk to him all the time. So he's still around a lot, which is really cool too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's see. Uh, Ben, do you have any questions? Uh, let's see. Now, are you originally from Texas, or are you um, originally from um, where CJ um, was, well, his first, let's just say his old hometown um, in uh, California? No, yeah, I'm from I'm from the Dallas area, a little town called Midlothian, um, about 30 minutes uh-huh. south of Dallas. Um, but so my second summer of summer ball, I played for the SoCal Catch in La Mirada, and then um, CJ was one of our interns there, and I got to know him pretty well there. Uh, we went on a mission trip to Mexico together. Um, really, kind of went through the ringer a little bit. Bus broke down. Um, <laughs> oh. That was that was oh, interesting. I heard about that story. Yeah, that was a that was a crazy, a crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, it was frustrating. Uh, from the details that I heard, uh, especially since, um, you know, the communication between the, I guess the staff was, was horrible. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was interesting. Interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, when you said Midlothian, uh, we have a town here in in, uh, Illinois that's, uh, that's of the, of the same name, so. Really? I didn't know that. I think, I've never heard of another town called Midlothian, actually. I've only, like. Might be a West Common. Yeah, I was going to say, that might yeah. be just a small town thing. Like, they're not ever big enough to be really heard of. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Since, you, since you're from Texas, uh, uh, more of a, a central states thing. Yeah. Yeah, it has to sounds like it has deep roots. So. For sure. Yeah, because I remember when you got injured during my time of the catch. That was a big deal. Yeah, that that kind of changed the last year for me, but for the better, I would say, because I really had to learn how to like work through things and pitch instead of like and just in general just not having the ability to just go out there and run it up 88 89 and blow it by guys at times i couldn't just like just the bottom of the lineup i couldn't just mow through like i used to be able to i really had to kind of think about every pitch i threw um and then mentally it kind of kind of gave me a little bit of a roadblock um i would say i came out of that way better mentally this year just feeling good again. But yeah, I mean, all summer, that summer, I struggled just not being able to do what I could do. 
and just really worried all summer what was going to happen when I got back to school or my coach was going to say what, what was going to happen and all this other stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I would say it definitely helped me as a person, um, kind of just getting through that. And definitely mentally, I'm better for it. So. I know there there is that fear when someone plays like summer ball and then they go back to their old team injured. That can be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't want my coaches to be like, oh, yeah, well, these guys ruined our guy. Like, it wasn't them at all. It was more or less just a freak thing that happened. And Yeah, it was freak. Yeah, nothing I could do about it. I mean, I was working out at the gym after I pitched and just happened to have my elbow pop. But, I mean, stuff like that happens. It's weird, but it happens. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Right. So, who's your... Let's see, where did you go play after the catch? Did you go anywhere last year? Uh, no, I just played in a little league in Texas. I just played like a little, uh, like it was mostly mostly graduated high school seniors oh, and cool. freshmen in college. But it was a good place for me to just stay home. I did an internship for physical therapy, which is kind of what I'm looking at doing after school. Um so I did an internship for that, which I really needed to graduate. And then um, hopefully I'll graduate this year. Yeah. Like this this spring or this summer and still get to play somewhere and come back next year for the next year or two years and play here. So we'll see. But hopefully right now I'm trying to go play in the CPL um, out in South Carolina with a team called the Florence Red Wolves. That's a cool name. Cool name. Yeah, they seem they seem like they've got a pretty cool setup. They're I mean they they've got cool jerseys and cool gear and their stadium's really nice and they're like forty five minutes from Myrtle Beach, so mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully it'll be a, a cool opportunity. But I'm still waiting here for their coach, so we'll see. Yeah. Let's see. Who's your favorite major league baseball team? Uh, the Rangers. Yeah, uh, the I thought so. Rangers are definitely, I mean, I was born and raised right there, 25 minutes from the stadium. Um, grew up watching, like, Hank oh, play a lot, yeah. Michael Young, um, Derek Holland, Cliff Lee, all those guys. I was there. I was at the first season that you Darvish got signed with the Rangers. I saw, saw on pitch. Oh, that's really cool. But, I mean, that was all exciting times. I went to World Series Game 5, actually, when they played the Cardinals. No. Yeah, I guess it would have been when they played the Cardinals. I was at game five. So, that was really cool. I know, because I'm a Giants fan, so I was happy when we beat you guys in 2010, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was tough. I remember watching it, and actually I was watching it in my parents' bedroom. Um, just... Seeing just like that was uh, like the Pablo Sandoval and all those guys, that was crazy. I mean, they were really good. Mad Bum was on that team. I mean, the Giants had had the team, and the Rangers didn't exactly play good enough to win it that year. I don't think, but I yeah, mean, it was a cool experience just to see my my favorite team playing in a World Series. But yeah, I'm a little I'm a little mad about that still. It still gets me a little, <laughs> a little fired up. So, would you say that 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 game wasn't uh, as good as it it should have been? 
Um, I'm saying I think that the Rangers didn't exactly play that great. to the level that they could have played to. <laughs> because that, I think as just as an organization, as your first World Series, obviously you want to win it. But like the Giants have been there and they've been there time and time again. So it's kind of just one of those things where I think that it was uh, more or less the experience. The Rangers kind of had a younger roster. Um, a lot of those guys hadn't really played been like lifetime Rangers, so they hadn't really played into the World Series like that. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a, I think it was just kind of a weird situation for them. Not weird, but like not familiar. So mm, similar to uh, the Cubs in 2016, although I believe, I mean, we we saw that they they handled it, uh, you know, <laughs> a little better than I guess that the. Uh, that the Rangers did. Yeah, they did. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and similar, too, because, um, you know, they're, they're new to it. You know, um, they have um, basically a, a newer squad, younger younger players as well. So, um, and that's considered to be, because, I, I mean, I um, was reminded about all that since the Fox uh, replayed the uh, Game 7 of uh, the Cubs in the World Series. Yeah, so, that game was uh, real. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and one of your friends uh, or one of CJ's friends, uh, Jack, uh, I believe it was it Jack that said that it was the uh, greatest game of all time, greatest World Series uh, of all time. I think he might be a little partial. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, at least that uh, that very game. Let's just say uh, Game Seven. Uh, Game six and seven of the uh, the whole series. So, yeah, for sure. No, I agree. Yeah, well, I'm I'm just glad that overall, you know, despite you know being from Chicago, like um, I I root for the White Sox. Yet I was still happy that this was happening for the town, um, and you know just taking the you know the drought that was that was out for you know we've been waiting for a while and uh, yeah, hundred and eight years. Seeing, you know, a really good. Um, you know, spectacle and uh, a good series was more than you can ask for for uh, as, as a baseball fan. Right? So. Exactly. Hey, I tell you what, though, the Cubs, the Cubs are good, but I think the White Sox, <laughs> they're on the come up. They've got a lot of dudes. I agree. That are going to be uh, really big time. I think if this season ever gets started, they could be really big time guys, all star type guys. Mm. Like, Especially, I mean, they've got Giolito leading the pitching staff. That dude's unreal. They've got a few more pieces coming in. Who knows what could happen there? Yeah, I thought the White Sox yeah, definitely could be a lot better, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, will Will this, you know, set a break uh, during the whole, um, you know, pandemic, um, as they say, is happening? Uh, will that, you know? Spring training didn't quite happen, right? So, like, the uh, will this stall them from uh, you know building momentum to having a uh, good season whenever they they can come back? You know, well, spring training kind of happened like the first little bit, but it had to get canceled early, obviously. So. Yeah, spring training was weird this year, I felt like, because usually they play like the series and like they'll play in Japan or whatever, the the, um, the Mariners will, and then they'll have a few exhibition games. 
the Rangers were supposed to open up their new stadium. Yeah. All kinds right. of other stuff and all of that got thrown out the window. Was there a lot of buzz about the Globe Life Field opening? Oh yeah. I mean, they've got they've got a thing called Texas Live that's kinda of connected. It's like bars and restaurants and like merchandise stuff and they've got like a hotel connected to the the stadium and I tell you what, people people around the Dallas area have been really uh, attracted to that one spot in Arlington now, which is really cool because we haven't really had like something like that. And now there's also like the Sunday games in August aren't 105 degrees; they're like 80 degrees in AC. Oof. So it's it's a little different. I think there's a lot of people who want to go to games now just because it's new and it's air conditioned and it's not. 90 degrees at 7 p.m. start time, stuff like that. So I, I think we'll see a lot of people start to support the Rangers again. Yeah. Let's see. Who's your favorite current Rangers player? Oh, um, favorite current Rangers player. Or all time, if you don't pick a good one. Um, I mean, all time, I'd probably have to go Adrian Beltre. Um, He's a good choice. Kind of I kind of grew up watching him and just seeing him play a lot. Um, favorite current? Maybe Joey Gallo. Yeah, he's good. That dude, I like the way that dude just, I don't know, for some reason I like the way he plays. Um, I think he plays it well. Swings hard. A lot of people a lot of people didn't think he'd be able to do it because of his strikeout numbers and all this stuff. But, I mean, he came back and had an all-star season the next season after they were talking about, oh, this guy's not the real deal. He's not very good. So I like the way he bounced back from that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's probably one of my favorite current players. Um, Taylor Hearn, former Bison, actually is should be on the 40-man roster this year. Should get oh, a that's awesome. De- he debuted in Seattle last year, but hopefully hopefully he'll get a chance to hopefully he'll get a chance to uh, make make even more of a splash this year. Yeah, once it gets started. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah, he's a lefty. He's a lefty pitcher. That, um, he's a power arm. He's really good, though. Um, I got to talk to him some this winter kind of when we came back and he was here through a few bullpens here at OBU and uh yeah I knew he was excited and um but yeah I mean I think he's a big piece so we'll see uh yes Ben you wanted to say something uh well there is news that came out from just yesterday on White Sox 1B DH uh AJ Reed has retired, former second round pick earlier this month. Yeah. Oh, that is, yeah, interesting. He was, uh, you know, selected by the Texas Rangers and, uh, you know, that. And as well as uh, some other. Well, there's a headline that I'd like to get into um, later on um, White Sox games worth reliving besides the 2005 and Mark Burley's. As well as the problem with Major League Two is that you should root for the White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, as it says, uh, Major League is one of the best sports movies of all time. <laughs> so this could be, you know, um, 
we just, I mean, you just mentioned that, that they could be an all-star team. So this uh, basically backs it up. This is according to sportingnews.com. Well, besides, besides, uh, you know, the New York uh, Rangers, do you root for any other teams um, in the MLB? Um, not really. I'm just a. I'm really more of a fan of good baseball outside of the Rangers. Um, I will say I did go. 2017, I went to game six of the ALCS in Houston. I went to see uh, game. That was really cool. Um, I wouldn't call myself a fan of Houston, but I definitely wanted to see a Texas team win. It couldn't be the Rangers um, last year. Definitely wanted to see a Texas team win. But, I mean, I don't know. With all the stuff going on there, I definitely don't call myself a fan. But I didn't mind seeing them win, especially because they're they're a Texas team and yeah. they're from Texas, kind of like the whole White Sox uh, Cubs deal that you were talking about, right? But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just a fan. Like I was just excited to see that. That I mean, even though the Nationals won, like I wasn't mad. I was excited for them, especially because Scherzer and Strasburg and all those guys got a got a World Series. They deserved it. Um. And I think that that was a great series, and I wasn't mad at all. I was just glad to see a good series. I'm glad no one got swept. Hate to see that in the World Series. So. Right, right. It's disappointing, right? Just, I mean, uh, comparing it to another sport like in NBA, that we, uh, many times, I, you know, I could root for a team, yet I like to have, like, it go to a game six at least, or a game seven. Because um, I enjoy watching a good uh, series or a good um, finals series. Exactly, so, just a good, good competitive matchup for sure. Right. Yeah, because it, you know, it almost looks like it might be fixed uh, if, if it's, uh, you know, if they, someone, if a team sweeps it or um, just just wins uh, consecutive games. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, CJ, how do you feel on uh, that being a thing? Just um, what you can mention in any any league, like, do you enjoy um, a good series or would you rather have your team that you're rooting for uh, sweep it? No, I I mean, I enjoy series. I have different, I have, like, teams that I like, like, multiple teams. But, I mean, if it's my own team, I always root for them. But if it's another team I like playing against, a team, I'll, I'll definitely root that they do well. Right. Or in the other case, if it's a team I cannot stand, then I hope they lose. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Right. That's fair. Yeah, that's certainly. I mean, and then there's an NFL, the, you know, probably the biggest example being the Patriots. You either love them. Or you hate them. Exactly. Same with the Cowboys. Yep. Oh, there you go. There it's- Are you a <laughs> Cowboys or Texans fan? No, I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I hear it a lot from, especially when I come up to like Oklahoma, a lot of the people up here aren't Cowboys. So like a lot of people like the Chiefs or mm. someone else kind of cl- relatively close given there's no like NFL teams, but a lot of them hate the Cowboys just because they're like, 
they're like close enough to hear about them a lot, but not close enough to really cheer for them. So like, there's a lot of like Titans right. fans, Chiefs fans that just give Cowboys fans a lot of crap, especially recently that um, they haven't quite been playing as good as they should be. But yeah, yeah, similar thing with like in the NBA with you know, there's no teams in Iowa, so they <laughs> by default will. Want to chair, chair for the Bulls? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and and those it's good. It's always uh, cool to think about like that. You know, there's Bulls fans in in other states that you know that's I guess within the Midwest. Yet, um, you know, many states have their uh, have teams. Yet, there's some that don't. And so, um, I've just heard uh, different things about college teams being their like top um, teams like they root for like a certain like um, I guess state college because they don't have a major team within the, whichever sport it is oh for sure yeah. so that's OU OU out here is that way a lot of people in Oklahoma are giant Thunder fans and giant OU fans and that's all there is out here the people, yeah, I think people love that stuff uh, best example is in college football. You know, they, uh, that's basically the closest thing that uh, many uh, citizens will follow because um, um, they cannot do much about um, you know not having a team, right? So, um, so, yeah, so men- go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, which is the closest like big college to Oklahoma Baptist? Oklahoma, OU is 50 minutes, 45 minutes away. Oh, that's close. And then Oklahoma State is probably another 45, 50 minutes away. One of them's straight north and one of them's straight west, pretty much. So it's like a one road goes through Shawnee, and then that road goes all the way. Like, you pretty much get on that road and go all the way to OU, and then there's another road that goes through Shawnee that goes all the way to Stillwater. So Oh, that's not bad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people... Like, my brother has friends at Oklahoma State that um, he'll go up on, like, Friday night and then spend the night and go to the game on Saturday and hang out there on Saturday and then come back Saturday night or Sunday morning. Like, it's it's close enough to just make the drive for for the day or even for a couple of days. And then we have a lot of friends and teammates who will go out to, like, to Norman on the weekends and hang out at night, and especially if there's a game, they'll, like, go to the game and go hang out afterwards in Norman. Um, so I mean, it's it's definitely uh, definitely both close enough to where you can go hang out and meet people and have friends from up there too. So yeah, that's not bad because some places the big college is like really far away, so it's difficult. But yeah, that's very true. And then. Yeah, there's, there's that, and uh, yeah, any, anything else that you'd like to share about, uh, you know, the culture or uh, just about any other uh, sports that you follow? Um, I mean, really, baseball and football are my big, big sports. I'm, I'm really excited for the Mavericks in the coming years, though. Um, Chris Tops and Luca. Ah, um, and then those, those guys, yeah, right. NBA, I mean, 
I'm excited to see them play in the future. Um, I think the Mavericks are trending upward. I think so. Coming off, coming off a few really bad seasons, I think they didn't play as good as they could have due to some injuries this year, but I think they'll keep, yeah, just like keep, yeah, they'll keep going, I think. So, but we'll see. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. I mean, especially um, with the – I was um, – the day of the whole Saturday festivities for NBA All-Star Weekend, which was uh, held in Chicago, obviously. So um, I was ready to come down there, go to the uh, the UC to have the Bulls band shop, which is called the Madhouse Theme Store. And so uh, after exiting, it just uh, the way that they decorated the United Center was really nice. And you, of course, they had uh, many of the different, you know, usual suspects that you would expect to be um the banners such as uh, uh, the beard, such as um, for sure. uh, Harden, uh, Westbrook, uh, you know, even uh, Levine, or, uh, you know, just to name a few. And then you had, you know, the guys that are coming up, such as Doncic, who was like front and center in one, one of the um, atriums, well, one of the sides of the um, center, which was cool to see. And of course, he's part of the all-star lineup, which was even made it even uh, more exciting. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, growing up, you're a Bulls fan, right? Correct. So, how do you feel about the Kobe White draft pick? Did you like that draft pick? Uh, first, I didn't know what to expect. You know, to come up to the for the draft. Um, although, you know, when I started just to read just a little bit into these new draft picks, I saw his name and I mean, it definitely sounded like a star. And, um, although you didn't know that how, you know, his style of play, you know, what it was going to look like. So, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to be able to go to games. Although before I got to go, um, check him out, I, um, you know, did some reading, and he's definitely been a um, a good um, athlete to see, I mean, out there. Um, he's, he's a good fit, let's just say. Um, I thought, you know, he would be a, a good fit. And um, when I first heard that he was a, uh, you know, a Tar Heel, I was like, you know, that reminds me of Jordan. So, like, you know, we could be into a really um, prestigious place, I guess, uh, you um, he has a lot to uh, live up to, I guess. Um, so um, <laughs> I, I thought he was a he was a really good pick, um, based on uh, um, hearing those things. Things as in the entire league, right? And believe uh, yeah. he had this honor of being named the uh, NBA Rookie of the Month in February. So that's uh, a huge thing. I mean, you probably the Bulls would be towards the like middle to bottom. Well, closer to the bottom of the list of for most that think that um, a certain player would even make a uh, rookie of the month. Um, uh, let's just say like a pick. Yeah. So. Well, thanks, Caleb, for tuning in to the Bullock Sports Show. We had a great time with you coming on. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I appreciate you guys yeah. having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you. And let's hope that you can go back to play baseball at OBU pretty soon.
Yeah, I appreciate that for sure. Spring training should continue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Okay, talk to you later. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That was a very good interview with good friend Kill Bly from Texas. Currently, he's in Oklahoma, where he's staying during the coronavirus. And we had a good time talking with him about baseball, his time at Oklahoma Baptist as a pitcher, how he's dealt with recent injuries, and also his fandom of the Texas Rangers, his favorite professional baseball team. And it's talked a lot about more interesting things about himself and what's going on so far. Hello. Two, one, go. And we're back. And just coming off a quick programming note that on NBC Sports Chicago, that every other night through April 15th, that NBC Sports is airing the entirety of the Bulls. 1996 NBA yeah, championship run. So, and switching gears, let's get a little bit into the White Sox. As CJ Hawk got, I'm sure it is another explosive two-timer kind of interview with Julia who's a White Sox inside. Yep, she's and a White Sox this, super fan. Yeah, I wish I got a chance to uh, be a part of that. So um, definitely we'll have her on again. And uh, this article is courtesy of SoxMachine.com. And it reads, White Sox games worth reliving besides 2005 and Mark Riley's Perfecto. This was from March 31st. And it starts with, there are a lot of problems stemming from the White Sox's postseason route. I've long been weary of draining all the fondness from the 2005 season by over-reliving it, especially as subsequent seasons fail to be worth revisiting. And then I'll go into the next part for a little bit. Unfortunately, nostalgia is one of the few tools in our arsenal as we combat the pandemic stoppage. Fortunately, the 2005 White Sox haven't yet turned into the 1985 Bears. Nope. The team that large and uncomfortably long time. They also got this Michael Jordan Bulls, whose successes still allow the franchise to paper over deficiencies because of their global reach. 2005 White Sox were just a good team that had a great run, and people seem content to appreciate it in a time capsule sense. I don't think we're going to hear Aaron Rowan on a regular score time. Oh, Aaron Stop Rowan. Talking about how Lewis Robert wouldn't have been able to cut it a couple of decades ago. 
Aaron Rowan sucks. <laughs> I have negative feelings about him when he was with the San Francisco Giants. Because he, oh. he, he went on an interview on the radio and basically bad-mouthed the Giants. So. Ah. Uh, he said he enjoyed his time in Chicago more. But, yep. oh well. I mean, he... He he did win a World Series there, but also in San Francisco. So, <laughs> yeah. And with that said, I'm gonna go into the criteria as well as where uh, you can catch these games. And if you're a T-Mobile customer, um, it should have been coming soon that the MLB for T-Mobile Tuesdays, the uh, loyalty program. If you're a customer of it, the company, and uh, you know, anytime you could watch the games through MLB TV and uh, you get a free year of it if you're a T-Mobile customer. Um, and then so the criteria is they have to check off all these boxes of a game. So you sit down to watch it is for these reasons to watch throughout the nine innings including a dominant Jose Contreras a Sunday night baseball broadcast with 36,000 fans in the stands. And White Sox team that succeeded in the stand on its own match. Um, let's see others real quick before I go on to it. Uh, the game standing out. So all these games stand out according to them. The June 4th, 1972 game against the Yankees in front of a packed house. Dick Allen wins the second game with a pinch hit homer. And they said uh, both games of a double header. July 31st, 1977, game one. Maybe the most fun game of the 1977 season. With 50,000 in the stands as with the 72 game. Chet Lemon it's a couple homers to give the first place Sox the victory over the Royals in the 10th inning. The park is rocking. Steve Stone started the game and could give his memories for a rebroadcast. Do not enter the second game of that day's doubleheader or any subsequent game versus the 77 Royals. August 3rd, 1979. This is a road game in Toronto with both teams mired in the second division. As also Tony LaRusso's debut as a major league manager. Trivia, the August 1st game was Don Kissinger's last as manager, but it was more famous as Thurman Munson's final game. I was at that one, and it was devoid of highlights. Detroit wins it and, and gives it a taste of what most games were like after the 77 hit the Met this first. May 8th, 1984. <laughs> the Sox defeated the Brewers 7-6 in 25 innings. The game took eight hours to play, and this time, the slow, the slow battery of Britt Burns and Kyle Fisk was only a minor factor. Fisk played the whole game at the tenor age of 36. August 4, 1985, the Sox beat the Yankees and the Bronx behind Tom Seaver's complete game. It is Seaver's 300th victory. Tom Seaver. July 1st. <laughs> complete game. July 1st, going into a more modern... The decade that we were born in, July 1st, 1990, the Sox are 
no hit by Andy Hart Hawkins and win 4-0, the single most hilarious game of my lifetime. August 2nd, 1990, my favorite game of the 90s season was this 4-3 win over the Brewers involving the debuts of a couple of Larry Hines draft picks named Frank Big Hurt Thomas and Alex Fernandez. I remember watching this one from a bar in Washington, D.C. and having so much hope for the future. August 11th, 1991, the Sox call up a young pitcher picked up a couple years earlier in the Baines trade in the first game. His first game was the club. Wilson Alvarez, no hits, the Orioles. June 18th, 2000, the White Sox beat the living tar out of Orlando Hernandez and the Yankees on national TV. As you can tell by this list, I have a lot of time for watching the Sox beat the Yankees. And watching the 17-4 route was when I thought that 2001 was going to be a special season. It was if we forget about the about the postseason. And finally, April 21st, 2012. Sure, Mark Burley's perfect game yep. gets all the attention on this day. Phil, Phil Humber, yeah. Philip Humber becomes the third pitcher in Sox history to achieve perfection. Watch the greatest day in the career of a guy who already had dealt with disappointment and injury, and who would immediately regress to unplayable afterwards. Yep. So that's the selection. Said that I particularly like the idea of doing the investigation. Mensk, Sherman, March through Cleveland and New York is one of the, those things that make the regular season matter. I feel like this is a list worth building, especially if the YouTubers with home archives are so inspired. And the questions that were left, what are the games you want, would want to see? And if you would want to summon your inner hipster, what games do you remember well after everybody else has forgotten them? And these were made, well, the author, Jim Mark, Markelis. So, uh, yep, sounds like it is all commentary. Uh, all the picks were made by Mr. Yeah. Markelis. And he's been writing uh, for 15 seasons and um, for the White Sox. Uh, this would be his 15th season. First here, and then at Southside Sox, and here, now here again. And, uh, last part of the description says, let's talk about curling. <laughs> so, below are some uh, comments by some fans, and then uh, looks like this whole thing, uh, they have a podcast, the Sox Machine podcast. Uh, oh, which cool! Just barely started. Uh, it's just started, actually. And one of them says MLB's new plan for 2020: nine innings, uh, being episode one, and then uh, baseball's pandemic delay, which was back in on um, March 13th. So that that day was definitely uh, dark. When it, the domino effect. Began with the NBA. Let's see, and then real quick, we can go over some uh, news, some news briefs on other leagues. 
Well, I, I wanted to talk about a short interview before we go. Sure. Uh, so yesterday I watched an Instagram live with uh, Man City TV and they talked to um, Ilke Gunduan, who is a midfielder for Manchester City. He's from Germany. He also plays for the German national team. And he was on the team in 2018 on the World Cup. And they talked to Ilkay and asked him, how is he doing during the lockdown? What's he been doing off the pitch? What's he been, for example, they asked him what were some of the Netflix shows he's been recently enjoying. And he mentioned that he's really been enjoying the show Money Heist, which is on Netflix. And... Basically, there's two seasons of it, and it's about like companies or people that did dastardly things with money, so they tricked people. That's basically it. It's like a documentary kind of style. And they talked to him. He's been going to the gym in his part in his uh, apartment building. He's been hanging, seeing uh, Leroy Sané, who's also from Germany, and who lives in the same building as him, and they've been working out at the gym and he's been having a good time. He also talked about how his chef has been delivering him prepared meals so he can eat that healthy. He wants to eat healthy, he said, because he was not be able to play soccer for a while. And that was basically the gist of like the 10 minute interview. Mm -hmm. I really liked it. Sure. Um uh, continuing on the topic of soccer, there's some uh, couple of headlines probably mentioned and give some details real quick. Um, so we know that training for the NMSL are delayed uh, just because of this, um, you know, stay-at-home order. You know, uh, the move for. Uh, social distancing and everything like that. And I was actually real quick just getting into more details on, uh, you know, everyone's mentioning even there's a Snapchat filter that says quarantine. That's not what the U.S. is under. Like, I'd like to remind everyone that it's not quarantine despite being, uh, you know, if you look at the real definition, it's for someone that's been infected for whatever disease or, uh, you know, virus it was uh, or sickness. Um, that they have to stay away from everyone and at one place um, not be in a crowd for a certain number of days. So, you know, not everyone is uh, infected. So, like, that's just us taking ourselves. We can say self-quarantining. Um, though it's more serious to be quarantined. So the real term is actually just social distancing as we... Um, all the different government officials have mentioned. So I just wanted to clear the air on that. And a few interesting uh, headlines that would not be covered on the TV news is um, back to the relation with WNBA and NWSL that players are stuck overseas due to the growing threat of COVID-19 and now their seasons are hanging in the balance. And just a few of that is, uh, you know, 
va uh, vast majority of the sports world has been put on pause due to the worsening threat of the virus. While well, leagues like NBA, excuse me, NBA and MLS have endured the logistical nightmare of rescheduling a season, WNBA and NWSL have the added issue of returning their players to the U.S. before the season begins. And in order to supplement their incomes, players in both the WNBA and the NWSL often take their talents overseas during the domestic leagues' off-seasons. Which is why you'll see, like, you know, certain players, like, on the Red Stars, like, um, Danny Colaprico and, um, you know, even uh, Juilliard. So, you know, they'll, they'll go to, like, a European uh, city and... Uh, Playing there, or just you know, at the same time, like they're considered alone. Like they go to Australia um, to to play for a little bit, and then when the season's on, they'll yeah, play. And then um, let's see, NBA players such as Las Vegas Aces forward Derricka Hamby have struggled to find their ways back to the states, despite her deep desire to flee. And that, I'm sure that one was covered, I remember, on TV. And then memory, um, many NWSL players spend their off-season playing, as I just mentioned, for Australia's W League, more specifically called the Women's League, uh, shortened to W League, most widely known as that, which will be hosting its grand final match featuring 11 NWSL players on Saturday. So Australia, they're still going on with theirs. And then a few more. Um, a number of NBA players feeling increasingly isolated and their ability to turn on if it's during offseason abroad. And uh, the world's top soccer players find themselves in a similar uh, precarious situation. Like, um, Owell Reigns, Sofia Huerta, and, you know, Orlando Pride and Melbourne City star Claire Ems Emsley has admitted that the outbreak has been extracted from Championship Week. As well as Washington Spirits goalkeeper Audrey Bledsoe spends her offseason playing with Sydney FC. Bledsoe's a beast. I've seen her um, in person and in uh, on the broadcast um, games against the Red Stars, and um, she is fierce and probably one of the most serious uh, players on that field. So she definitely gets the job done uh, when she's out there. And one of the most um, focused, I should say, uh, focused. Uh, goalkeepers that I've ever seen. And then there was a very um, intriguing one on its headline by GQ. And all of this was so far been on Yahoo News, uh, Yahoo Sports rather. Uh, why men started wearing female athlete jerseys. And real quick. What the? Uh, female jerseys? Yeah. What do you mean? So, for example, 
it's all about like Nike and everything. And so uh, just getting into the middle of it. Uh, last year, the first time U.S. Women's National Soccer Team Goods were readily available in men's sizes. So we're up 200% compared to its last World Cup championship run in 2015, according to Nike. The sales of the women's national soccer team jerseys marked the highest quality sold of oh. any soccer team's jerseys. And Interesting. Nike.com in a single season, no doubt, in part because they were now available as for the other half of the adult population. The National Women's Soccer League has been offering its jerseys and events since at least 2017 and a WNBA after list years. Listing jerseys as for women began selling them for men as well in 2016. During this virus-induced sports hiatus, one of the lone bright spots has been the sale of women's national soccer team, four-stars-only jersey shirts. Players wore their warm-up jerseys inside-out at a March 11th game to protest the U.S. Soccer Federation, which had just pathetically argued in a wage discrimination lawsuit that male players carried a greater responsibility than women and indisputable science Prove their athletic superiority. The inside outlook at had the effect of making their warm-ups look blank, except for the four stars representing their four World Cup victories. The brand-breaking tees had jersey t-shirts of the four stars only look for sale by the end of the game, and they sold out within two hours. Newly heightened demand for jerseys of women athletes coincides with the 2019 Women's World Cup final. Which is no surprise since I've been talking about that since um, day one and earning better TV ratings in the U.S. than the 2018 men's final and women's college basketball attendance, eclipsing men's attendance at several schools including Oregon, Notre Dame, Mississippi State, and Oregon State. 2018 study by Nielsen indicated that 84% of general sports fans, 51% of whom are men, are fans of women's sports. So I'm part of that. Uh, general sports stat. Um, and, you know, going a little further into this, you know, describing the twice to where an athlete's jersey is going all in on that person, representing their player style, playing style, and their politics, their personality. Um, the many boys dressed up like um, almost national soccer team star Megan Rapino for Halloween, working as an activist who has kneeled like Colin Kaepernick and slammed Donald Trump in addition to a soccer star. The jersey is also a statement, unlike flipping to a game on TV, man who wears a woman's jersey publicly recognizes and identifies with a woman athlete. And given Rapino and her teammates' fight for equal pay, the WNBA labor victory to earn higher salaries, and Serena Williams' years of challenging white notions of femininity, that identification implies a justice-oriented message that goes beyond what happens in a stadium. This is a new frontier for women's sports. Parks Rapier says, and um, just real quick, the mainstream popularity of jerseys traces back to the 1990s leagues and teams cut apparel deals with brands like Champion, Reebok, Nike, and Starter making jerseys available at malls and big box stores rather than from the motley mix of third-party vendors that have sold them. Hello? 
Uh, DJ Benny the Bull, are you there? Well, I believe we lost DJ Benny the Bull. He must have, there must be a technical problem with the phone. But while DJ Benny Bull is trying to get back on, I want to highlight a interesting article that I just learned to, which is breaking news. And I have to give a shout out to my mom who alerted me to this breaking story. And Texas Rangers star Sin Su Chu, who personally one of my favorite players on the Texas Rangers, is doing something above and beyond the call of duty. Unbelievably generous. And he's not getting anything from this. So no one's going to put Sin Chu Chu's name on a board and says, wow, what a, look at a celebrity. But Sin Chu Chu, who is from Korea, and he highlights his experiences when he was 18 and he left Korea to go play baseball in the United States. And he says he had nothing. So he is going to help out the minor league baseball players who, as many people may not know, in minor league baseball, for example, they're not paid very much. Some can be paid as little as a few thousand dollars on like the major leagues. So during this hiatus, they're struggling financially. Many of the players have to take different jobs. And this time it's very difficult to do that due to the pandemic. So Sin Chu Chu is going to give $1,000 to each of 191 Texas Rangers minor league players. And this is very gracious of Sin Chu Chu. And I'm proud of him for making this commitment to giving $1,000 each to 190 players. And he quotes said, don't worry about it. He wants the players to keep playing baseball and he would gladly give money to help support them during this time. And also Sin Chu Chu made a $200,000 donation to Dagu, South Korea, a city he said was hit hard by the pandemic, which is about an hour from where his parents still live. And he said they're doing okay currently. And good job by Sin Chu Chu in deciding to do this for charity and help people who actually need help where people are talking about, for example, NBA players are scared they're not getting their paycheck. Well, some of them are getting millions and millions, so they should be fine. For minor league baseball players and people in other sporting, they do not make very much money, need all the help they can get. So Sin Chu Chu did a great deed. And Gigi Benny the Bull says his device went off and it looks like it might have been a ghost. Turned it off. No, There's no reason why. Maybe our conversation it was too explosive. So that's why his device had to be turned off. But I think he would be okay with us ending the segment here on episode 13 of the Bull and Hawk Sports Show. Thank you for tuning in. And we want to thank... Our friends Caleb and Julia for joining this week's episode to talk Julia to talk about the White Sox. 
And also, Caleb to talk about, for example, Texas Rangers. So the Sinsu Chu story would definitely, he would definitely appreciate, Caleb would definitely appreciate for his favorite team to be doing a good deed. And thanks so much for tuning in and see you next time here on the Bulldog Sports Show. But before we go, there's going to be a special episode being released soon for tomorrow due to WrestleMania 36. DJ Benedict and Bulldog are going to do a prediction, wrestling, overview, looking at different wrestling, the main events occurring tomorrow. Well, actually, I mean Saturday and Sunday. We're going to preview it tomorrow. And former guest Jack O'Hara, host of the O Show podcast on Belly Up Sports Network. He's going to be joining us for a discussion. Also, Eric Clymer, he has graciously called some of his wrestling fans, wrestling devotees who love wrestling, and he's gone on us in contact with them. So we might discuss with them as well. So stay tuned for a wrestling episode coming up shortly this week. Thank you.